Hello and welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. I'm here again with Richard and Craig. It's eight o'clock on a, is it a Wednesday evening. Losing track of time now. So we're eight o'clock on a Wednesday evening, but we're not going to release this one until next week. So when you hear it, it will be Monday, the 6th of February. Before we get into the topic this week, how are you, Craig? I had the same conundrum as you, Elliot. I put the Ben out of your eyes, and that's meant to be tomorrow night and brought it back in. So apart <laughs> from that, I'm good. <laughs> it's a nightmare with the bins. We've got the same <laughs> issue at home and at work, so it's like a never-ending schedule of bin days. I can always get them wrong. <laughs> How are you doing, Richard? Very well, thanks, chaps. Not too bad. Uh, full-on decorating. Just been to B&Q. It's story of my life at the moment. Paint this, paint that, sand this, sand that. But um, yeah, you know, finish your day job and come home and carry on. But it's all good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, not too bad. I guess that's the pleasure and the privilege of getting a new home, isn't it? You're all excited to yeah. do it, but then you realise it's you who's got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and, but it. And to be fair, mate, if you'd seen me paint and I'd be looking all sort of multicoloured like a rainbow at the minute if I've tried it, so you're doing well. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, it was owned by hairdressers, so their, their taste was, let's say, a little bit uh, not to ours. Glittery wallpaper everywhere and all that, so it had to come off. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it'll get there. You have to personalise it, don't you? And lots of plans to um, do different things and, uh, yeah, just keep going. You know, it's never your day never ends, does it? It doesn't, and that might tie in a little bit with the, the topic we've got this week, because for those of you who are watching, you'll be able to see a little sign here that it is the National Apprenticeship or Apprentice Apprenticeships Week, and the theme of it this year is Skills for Life, and obviously this is beyond just the electrical industry, it's a programme, I think it's in its 16th year now, it's spread out into apprentices in loads of different sectors, um, and the idea is it raises a bit of awareness and discussion around the benefits of apprenticeships. And the skills for life aspect is a really nice touch, I think, because it does generally give you that, doesn't it? That's my experience of doing an apprenticeship. You guys obviously taught it as well. Is that what, what you've seen? I think when you've got when you've got a craft or a trade or whatever you want to call it, you can always come back to it, can't you? Like I've been in different scenarios now I've been in the army I've been in education I'm back out in what we call generic industry now like it just gives you options to go down many different avenues as to where you want to go and what you want to do like I think that's, that's something we're lacking now amongst youngsters I think in my opinion so anything that's promoting that and making it more positive I can only see as a good thing yeah I think so it, it kind of develops their behaviours as well doesn't it we've got to realise that you know you haven't got your mom and dad to get you up anymore and you you know you need to start taking responsibility for your own actions and certainly in our trade i've picked up i'm not saying i'm a master of plastering or carpentry or anything but master of painting now yeah <laughs> you know working yeah working with various trades over the years you pick up little little tricks and little ways of doing things and you know, you kind of become, or I certainly have been a lot of the people uh, I've met over the years, you've kind of become friends for life. And it was only the other day I rang up my old mate, the painter, Martin, because my cutting in isn't brilliant. And when you're using two different colours, white to like a dark green, if you don't get it generally spot on, it looks a bit of a mess, you know, ceiling to wall and all that. And um, thought I'd give him a call, see how he's doing. And he's sound, I'll come down and do that for you, mate, no problem. And then at the same time, ah, just a man, just a man, he's <laughs> I could do with a, 
an additional socket. You know, one of them where you plug your phone in, you can sort that out for me and we'll, we'll do a trade on it. So, and dealing with different people in life, you have to, don't you? You have to deal with different people, different personalities, different beliefs and all that. And I think an apprenticeship gives you that stuff um, which you wouldn't get anywhere else. Life's about experience, isn't it? In my, in my experience, so to say, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing, you know. It's, it certainly makes you appreciate things, doesn't it? Like the, yeah. our big job that we've got, quite a few of our guys on at the minute, we've got averagely two to four apprentices there on any given day and they're working on the site that's got 30 or 40 blokes and that's not sexist, it just isn't any women working there so it is just 30 to 40 blokes on a daily basis and they've got to navigate that being 16, 17 year old with all walks of life, of all walks of trades, all sorts of beliefs, religions, personalities, what's acceptable, what's not, you know, you I remember very quickly when at a young age that you don't touch anybody else's milk in the canteen. <laughs> it's the simple things in life, isn't it? It is. You don't want your fingers and your arms chopping off because you've had so much <laughs> milk. <laughs> Absolutely not. And of course, back in our day, you got instigated on, on site. I don't think that happens very much these days. Um, but there was a bit of that banter going on and it went to an extreme in some some you know situation but uh, I don't think that really goes on anymore but I, I you know I, I suspect there's still go and collect the sandwiches for the lads or you know go and get that out of the van go and unload the tools and that's just part of the process isn't it of being you've got to earn your your right to be able to do certain things on site um by proving yourself so it, it is life skills isn't it it is it really it really is and often like you've probably seen this in a college environment more than maybe i have out on the workplace but as craig said 16 17 year olds coming in they're maybe lacking a little bit of confidence around large groups of adults who are well established in their knowledge and things and been able to ask them questions and advice and engaging in the discussion that goes out on site there is still plenty of bantering and stuff and it's just trying to get the message out there to young people. If you are coming into a trades environment, you know, it's nothing to be scared of and you do learn such a lot. There is all of the stuff away from your trade to do with customer service skills and just the way you speak and communicate with clients and other people around you on site. Um, all of the other bits, like Richard said, the trade skills you can pick up, you know, it's not just your own craft. You do learn little bits and pieces when you watch the plasterers throw stuff at the wall and plumbers get wet. You know, you see how these things get done um, and it really does build those skills up in terms of your trade role and also your wider life skills even down to to money management and the business aspect because more often than not you end up going down the wholesalers or figuring out costings on jobs with your mentors it's just what happens isn't it well it's interesting as well and I still enjoy it now watching some of our more seasoned sparks if you like. like we were having a conversation today and just watching the rationale as to why we're not going to do a 45 to 45 and going to do a 90 to a 90 when you're putting your tray in and just it's honestly those simplest smallest conversations that you're just listening to take place in the office that make you go ah and it is just that isn't it it's just listening to site conversation just sitting in the canteen listening to the problems that people are having listening to how they're getting around scenarios it's it's what i think Personally, the most learning takes place when you don't realise you're learning. I agree, totally. I totally agree. When you're trying to get a big steel wire arm around a 90 <laughs> set that some designers put on a piece of paper when you know you need 245s, it's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm not a designer. 
problem solving. We had that conversation in the workshop today. We were undertaking um, just fabricating, actually, uh, just some plastic YC2 mini trunking. But the, the job was, or the assessment was, that they've got to fabricate their own 90 degree and then use a cover bend on the other end and then bring it into a single molded box with a little spout on it and all that. But the drawing they were given, the measurements were to the centers of the trunking and center of the box. But of course they measured to the ends and all that. And how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna get around this? I said, I don't give you the answers. I said, I'll give you the tools for you to develop your own answers because Sparks are problem solvers. That's what we do. We problem solve, we think about it and we come up with a solution. I said, and in fact, it takes 10 minutes or an hour. It doesn't really matter, go and have a go at it. That's the whole point, isn't it? You know, think about it, have a look, come back to me. I'll give you some tips, go and have another go at it, come back and we'll get it. And in the end, by the end of the day, they'd sorted it and they were like, I can't believe we just done all that. I said, because you've thought of a problem and got around the problem by figuring it out yourselves. I can give you, I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here to give you, you know, methods and ways of doing things and thought that's what I'm here for. I've had to work it out myself and, you know, we all get things wrong sometimes. You create wrong angle or you think, oh, I should have measured from that edge and not this edge. I said, that's just the way it is, but that's no problem. You know, luckily you've measured it too long, so you can cut it down. If it was the other way around, you've got to add a bit on and that ain't going to look right. I did, I did that in one of the booths here when I brought the steel wire armour into an isolator. And I thought, why the hell have I brought that on the left-hand side in? I should have brought it on the right. It's just one of those things that you do when you're not really thinking on autopilot and having, like you said, Richard, the chance to develop your skills to work around that. It's priceless. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not being scared. There's not many things on site that you do in the sparking industry anyway that one of your seasoned sparks can't fix and they can't get right. So don't be scared to have a go and say, this is what I'm thinking. Do you agree? Is that okay? Can I give it a shot? Like, and hopefully they'll say, go on, see what you get and bring it back. I mean, I pulled, read an offcut yesterday, so I randomly pulled a double set into a bit of conduit just to see if I could still do it because I haven't pulled 25 mil tube in a long time. It's always 20 mil in the workshop. You know, you got to hang off it a bit because I'm not that big. Yeah, and get it all nice and then just see them looking and go, oh, all right, Craig, we could use that. Like, you know, and you go, all right, that'll do for now. We'll practice again next year. But you've got to go and have a shot, haven't you? And just like have a play. And I yeah. think people are scared to learn and scared to try these days sometimes. In college and training centres and training providers, is is that that's the whole point of it. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? You go and apply it if you've learned some on site. I mean, one of full time learners um, at the moment, but they're learning it from fresh. So, you know, have a go. There it is. There's the problem. There's the solution. Is the tools we got available to us? Um, let's just have a go with it and see how you get on. And for some of them, they've never even picked a, a junior hacksaw up ever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So to have a go with it and show them a method and a process, and by the end of it, they produce something. You know, I tell you what, I was I was impressed. But more importantly, they they look at it and can't believe they've done it. You know, mm. so I haven't done that job. Well, I haven't done it for you. You know, so yeah. Those posts are brilliant. I mean, I don't know if you share them anywhere else. I've only seen them on LinkedIn. But if you're not following Richard over on LinkedIn, go and check him out. He's been sharing a lot of posts over the last probably three or four weeks. I've noticed it. I don't know if it's just LinkedIn feeding it into my feed more often. You've been doing it longer. But it's really good just seeing what's going out in colleges, some of the stuff the, the learners are putting out. Um, you know, I think that's a really nice thing to share out to industry to, you know, give them a little pat on the back, but also show other people the stuff you're going to learn and be involved with. 
Yeah, I'm super proud of them. You know, I always, even though they're only level twos, they've not got a great understanding of the regs clearly. But you know, to explain to them why we do certain things and the reasons behind it, you know, even from premature collapse, you know, metal tie wraps, plastic, even with the trunking today, it's only for a little uh, Cat Five data um, job. But even within the, the plastic trunking, we've got some little metal, you know, D-line fold-over clips, and explained that you know, if this was to melt or deform in heat, the leak could drop off. Cables could come out and they could impede people getting in and out of the building. Don't forget that, you know, when people have left the building, there are still things that happen after. Firefighters may spend an hour, two, three hours in there doing investigation work. And tragically, a number of years ago, those two poor firefighters died, didn't they, in Shirley Towers. And, you know, things in the regs are generally there to improve safety. We work from the book, not to it. If we can make it safe, why not? And it was, there was some good conversation, you know. So. It's not just do this because I'm telling you to do it. We're doing it because of a reason, you know, and when you explain it to them, if one of them takes a little bit of that with them into level three next year and maybe if they get an apprenticeship, happy days, you know, my job is done. So, yeah, all good. And I, and I always just have a conversation with a certain individual that we all know about that and he would say, if he's got 16 students in front of him, not all 16 of them are probably going to go and be sparks, but if they can learn at least one skill that means they get a better chance in life, then that's what we're here to do as teachers, and that's what the outcome is at the end of the day. If you might go and do a level one, a level two, a level three electrical, you might decide it's not for you, that's fine, but what did you take from that journey that means you can then go and apply it into something else in life that helps you? And I think that's the the nice bit about those transferable skills, like we were talking about at the start, it might be like communication, it might be about how you deal with money, it might be, you know, just improving something like your math and English or your punctuality, getting up. Any of that has benefits outside of just sparking. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's exactly it, isn't it? That's that's life skills in a nutshell. I think being dragged out of work and onto a cold site makes people um, from, you know, it's a different approach. Often in schools, they're not really pushing the trades are they have been honest it's all academic so they're pushing people <coughs> towards six forms colleges and it's probably well intentioned but i think opening people's eyes to the benefits of coming into apprenticeships in all trades there's massive prospects for people to build up good life skills get well qualified and earn a good living that's what we all go to work for at the end of the day um, and your first years in your apprenticeship are a bit of a struggle the salaries are reduced but in the long game you can do very well for yourselves. Um, and one of the other things through the course of this week, it's not just looking at it from the learner's point of view, it's trying to encourage employers as well and supporting trainers like you guys. It's a celebration of the whole community around apprenticeships and big respect to all the lecturers who are out there. I know it's very, very difficult at the minute. Funding's tight, even in terms of buying the materials. You'll have all seen that, I'm sure. Salaries aren't great. You guys are absolute superheroes in my eyes going out there and sticking at it. So it's to get a bit of positivity behind you as well. And to the employers who are sat on the fence a little bit and you're not sure about taking on your first apprenticeship, uh, apprentices, there really is a massive demand out there for people like you to take that plunge. And you'll usually find it'll help your business thrive and grow. That's certainly experience I've had at a personal level and through seeing people in apprentice one-to-one -one over the last couple of years. And there are some events that are going on. I don't know if you guys are aware out in industry that JTL are doing some stuff. So just to mention that, if you do want to go down to JTL at Oxford on the 6th, between 5 and 7 o'clock, they've got an open day for trainers, apprentices, and employers. They're doing it as well in Birmingham on the 7th, between 5 and 7, and then all day in Telford on the 9th, 
between eight and six o'clock where apprentices, employees and trainers are all welcome to come in and see what it's like in the college environment, have a chat. It's an opportunity to network. So if you're looking for a job, might be a good place to rock up. You never know. You might bump into an employer while you're there. Um, so go and check all that out. And there is the amazingapprenticeships.com website, and they've got a calendar of events that are running all through the week. So you can go and check that out as well and drop in on some of the online content. There's loads of it kicking off out there. I don't know if either of you two are going to be at any of those events or directing people at them. I just found out about those today. I think that's pretty cool. Always direct people towards them, but I won't be there, unfortunately, just because none of them are all that local to me. And work is pressing with time as it is at the minute so it's it's not ideal but i think the the method i would want to share with employers is no matter how small you think your contribution is even if you come off the job and all you've got left is four sockets or half a ton of cable or something that you're going to bend and get rid of you don't realize how much difference that might mean to a college or to their workshop even if some of it's damaged because then that helps us really talk about when things go wrong it doesn't all have to be working in brand new kit. If you've gone and ripped out um, a Glasgow switch chamber, there's nothing better for us to open up and talk about, say, asbestos-type scenarios or fuse cartridges when we can actually show people what's there. So don't bin it if it's you know just going to be wasted. Drop it off at your local college and they will take it. That's such a good point. So you don't have to actually employ an apprentice. You can just donate a bit of gear, used, new, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, learners would rather look at something, they'd rather pick something up and physically look at it and talk about it than open a page in a book. You know, that type of learning has been there forever, hasn't it? But then if you can show them something out of a book and you've got physically something in front of you, have a look at this, blah, blah, blah. It just, it's, you know, it changes the whole outlook on everything. Because some people, some kids, they might not have seen everything you're talking about on site. Certainly the full-time lads have never seen it because they've never been on site. So the more you can show them things, I call them props, the more props you have, the more learning comes to life and the more knowledge and hopefully some of it will embed and stay in them. Oh, I've seen that before. He showed me that. I remember that. And then if they come across it on site, oh, yeah, I've seen that in the, in the, in the, in the workshop. Oh, that, that's what it is. Ah, oh, that's where we use it. You know, all stuff like that is, is so invaluable. Stuff like that is brilliant. So, but we, we yeah, all see it. How many... Sorry, Rich, I was going to say, we all see it. How many jobs do we go to that we rip out an old board and you know that's just going to waste? Like, that old board, honestly, is some of the best learning we could be doing in education yeah. right now. Mm. Yeah. I've had, Especially uh, if you've got three or three, six fuses and things which aren't in sort of use anymore, like... Well, they are. My mum's still got me now, has. The new board has been... It's, I tell you what, I got it for about 12 years ago. Brand new in the box. It's all still there. It's that old now. It's it can't really be used anymore. So that I'll bring that and swap it for something new. But there you go. <laughs> you're the, you know, it's always the last thing you want to do, isn't it? When you do it all day, you come home and you think, oh yeah, I've just got to do that, that whatever. Even in this, in this new house, um, I'm going to replace bits and pieces that have been done. It's a, a national house builder, and the contractor is quite a big contractor that does house bashing, and uh, it's not the best. So I'm going to replace or redo most of it without mentioning any names so there you go <laughs> it's um we've, we've got a bit of gear that we can send out as well through apprentice one to one i've been speaking to you richard we can get you yeah. some bits and pieces i know yeah. i was chatting with craig as well there's chris up at riverside i think that's where he's 
Yes, so there's a few yeah. things we're looking to do. I'm currently chatting with St. Helens College and Milton Keynes as well. So I'm getting those guys sorted out first and then we're going to jump onto you. And through the course of doing the podcast, we have had some things sent in to do with a little giveaway for our apprentices. So taking the time here to sit and do our, our chatting isn't without purpose. We've had um, a bit of stuff sent. I'm going to show you some of it now. We've got three of these that TIS have kindly sent for us to give out, the safe isolation kits. So these have been oh, supplied to us for free to pass out to apprentices. I've not bought them. And also we've got some of the Napit books. There's the whole suite of books here that they've sent in. So I've got five of each of all of these. So we can give those out as well. And over here, we've got some Klein multimeters. I don't know if these have actually been released yet. So these are brand spanking new to market. So I'm told. So there's three different variations. And we've got one each of those to give out, which is kind of nice. And one thing I thought, and this is this Vita Pro Pack. So I'm going to put this in as well. Um, someone sent one of these in, I think it was probably three or four months ago now. And I thought, what a bag. This is actually brilliant. So awesome. I've um, I've gone out and bought one of those and got that ready to give out to some apprentices. We've also got 25 Martindale socket testers and 25 Proteus lockout kits. So we've had all that sent in, especially for National Apprenticeship Week. And I've got a now organized postage on all of that out to many different people, which <laughs> will result in more shares in DHL. But we'll, we'll get the posts out, probably on, be on Instagram. Um, there may be a little bit of a, a post on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, links around it. But generally, if you want to enter these giveaways, it's just easier for me to keep them in the one place. So head over to Instagram, but no one's excluded. We'll find a way for everyone to get an entry. And even if you're not online in the comments to these videos or whatever but yeah i think that's really nice that people have done that so that's off the back of these podcasts it's good night the more we can do the better you know it's great yeah it's just nice to see people listening and supporting because we we need to get the apprenticeship market moving don't we and us sitting here isn't the answer but at least it's doing a small little section of trying to do a little bit of help and seeing that moving is it's nice and nice to be part of. Yeah, sure. I think it's 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 somewhat that's a, a byproduct of the wider problem. I think we don't just want to be running giveaways, but it is nice to do, and we've done it every year. To be honest, since Apprentice One to One started, I think people have kind of just tagged onto that, so they keep sending stuff in around this time of year. So yeah, it is nice, and I think it um, raises a bit of awareness again for people who are new to industry that, you know, some of the important tools you're going to need. So it's quite cool if you're going to be an electrician. You know, you don't find plumbers or you shouldn't find plumbers playing around with stuff like this. They're too busy with soldering irons. So if you are picking a trade, pick the best one. We all know that that is electricians. Um, and yeah, you can end up with really cool tool bags, awesome test gear. You don't have to do any of the real manual labor anymore. All the dusty stuff, it's all been taken away. The chasing guns suck the dust up themselves. We've all seen those Metabo drills. Um, and the hoovers now, you don't even have to get mucky and messy. Uh, so, yeah, it is a lot easier than it used to be, certainly a lot easier than when I started. And if you've not considered it, you now give it a second glance. If you're a school leaver, don't rule it out and think you've just got to go to sixth form. And it is a lot of technical knowledge in there as well. So you're going to pick up a lot of maths, a lot of science, as Richard was saying. It runs around the regs and there is a lot of technical input in there too. And you can go on past that. You can still go on to level four, five, six quals. Yeah, definitely. And pop along to a local college or a training provider because we certainly do um, 
a little kind of taste today where there might be a little bit of clipping, a little bit of connecting, maybe have a go at bending a bit of conduit. You know, there might be some theory behind it, maybe a couple of calculations using some formula. Um, you know, just have a little bit of a taster and see what you think, you know, chat to the lecturers, um, tutors there and, and get an insight into, you know, what, what's involved with it all, you know, but ultimately we've all been through it. It's an, an apprenticeship is, you know, three, four years um, of increment payments in terms of so much the first year, the second year, the third, but ultimately you're working towards being that fully qualified electrician where your money will, will kind of double overnight but it, it is that is the process you know so yeah and, and you have to look at it from an employer's point of view as well right? and I was having this conversation with some of my adult students a couple of weeks ago about I understand that you're coming into life and you might already earn a set amount of money you might already have kids and mortgages and all the rest of it and I do understand it's hard you know we've all been there but you're not you're not worth 180, 190 a day to an employer on day one. Like you've not got the experience they need. And I was talking to a company and they put it in a really nice way. They said that the, when they know they've got somebody sort of ready, there's someone they can leave with a drawing on the floor, well, say in a T point and say, wire that, chase that, connect that for me. And when they can leave somebody doing that, it's at that point that that person becomes beneficial to the company. Everything up until you're at that point, you're not helping the company progress. When you're in a place where you can be sat doing that and they can get on with another job and then come back and just check you're okay, that's when you start being able to sort of ask for a bit more and be worth a bit more to the company to return the favour that they've done by investing in you. So think about the salary you're asking for because you don't want to price yourself out of the game because you're not quite there yet as well but yeah, there is, i understand it's a hard balance yeah there isn't there's an element of patience there isn't there i think as an employer you're kind of taking on a lot of the supervision and training aspect at the outset it is a bit of a, a grind if you're a, a one-person company it can slow you down in the beginning but over time as that builds and then the wage increments start to follow when someone's completed the first year the second year you find you're going faster and faster and faster and then as Craig's just said, in the end, you've got another fully qualified member of your team to go and double your bubble. You can start the cycle all over again if you want, or at the very least, you've introduced someone else who's qualified as an electrician to wider industry. We definitely need more people in that position. Um, so it is a well worthwhile thing. I speak from experience on that front. Um, obviously not of the gigantic size of Craig's employer with the numerous apprentices all out on site at once, but I've had a few come through over the years and I've got a couple now um and yeah it is a rewarding thing to do outside of the financial aspects which i have benefited from but the best thing i presume mark is for you knowing when they qualify you've trained them that they're working in the way that your company wants to work so you're as an employer you're getting that benefit of you know them when they go out and start running jobs that is done to the same standard that you were looking for when you were doing it and that's the payback or investing that time as an organization isn't it because we all know you can get different standards or different levels of sparks. So knowing what you're getting at the end of the journey has got to be a massive bonus as well, I think. Totally. I think like the qualification framework over the last 15, 20 years has muddied the pool a little bit. So it's difficult to recruit. I've had those conversations and Neil said the same. That's why he does apprentice training in the rail sector because he has a real, well, real, real struggle trying to get 
people into that area of industry who are suitably capable, I guess. So he's taken the model, like you've just said, of training up himself. And yeah, it is. It does allow you to do that. You get your ethos into people early, how you like to work. We all have our unique quirks, I guess, and the way we like to do things and have sites run. And if you've got people who've come through you, yeah, man and boy, working alongside you, everyone knows how the hymn sheet goes until they get too big for the boots and boot you out the door and you get left in the office while they do all the fun stuff, which is currently the journey I'm on. But, um, you know, that's that's one for getting older as well. It's another aspect for this. If you are a one-person company, you've got to be realistic that it's not a job you can do into your 50s and 60s, I don't think. In, in rare cases, you can. I'm not going to say it's totally impossible, but eventually your knees and your hips and your back wears out on you, and you are going to need those people working around you at the very least to do a lot of the heavy lifting. So don't, you know, don't rule it out just because you think it's too expensive or or whatever. Have a bit of a foresight and a think around it because you'll usually find it plays out better for you. Is there anything either of you two gents would like to add in and around this discussion before we call it quits for the evening? My Not really. Way. Yeah, go, go on, on Richard, sorry. Yeah, um, it's, you've got to look at it as an investment, haven't you? Because you're investing in a career for yourself, but then at the same time, the employer is investing in you. They're investing their time. And as you know, Mark has quite rightly said, their skills and experience and everything that they've learned from people they've worked for, indeed, over the years has been passed down, passed on to you. Like I say to my lads at, at college, it's not like the matrix. We can't sit you down and plug you in to, to see everything I've seen and be able to do everything I've done. It just doesn't work like that. And that takes time. And over time, and an apprenticeship is a great example of that, those skills uh, can be passed down to you and you can then pass them down, hopefully when you qualify and you know set up your own company to your apprentices and so on and so on and so on. Uh, and and that's, that's the circle of life, isn't it? So... That's my final thoughts on that. So great thing, apprenticeships, I think so anyway. There you go. Mine would just be, I suppose, one for the employers would be take the time to let the apprentice have a shot. You don't understand how much that will pay you back in the end by letting them actually try. I know that you need to get the job done. I know you've got the deadlines. I know you've got to make money. But just let them have a shot because it will come back in the end. Um, and then for the learners, I would say that I don't know of any employer that would tell you that they don't want you to ask a question and get it wrong. We'd rather you ask and then try and work it out with us than just sit there quietly not having a shot and not asking. So just have the confidence if someone's took you on, they've took you on for a reason and they're planning to invest in you and they should know what they've got into. So ask as many questions as you can. Great points from both there. I echo those entirely ask lots of questions and give people a shot to mess it up I had to go through that process and it was a difficult one because when you are kind of used to doing things yourself I'm talking right at the very beginning of employing apprentices and other people kind of stepping back and let other people do it it's really difficult they just end up stood watching you all the time if you don't take that step they don't learn anything you don't get the benefit of them being there so you do have to physically force yourself at the beginning it's a bit of a learning process for employers as well Craig nailed it there but yeah, thank you both for coming on to talk with me again. And, um, you know, just to say it's it's not without reward for other people. We are getting some kit sent in alongside the podcast, which is nice to pass out. We are also helping gen generate some funding to put into this place. 
So I massively appreciate your time in doing that. And we are going to try and get on location somewhere, all of us together, and record something in person, maybe alongside Proteus or something. So I think that's probably centralish to us all. So we are going to do that soon. I've not met I well actually I've met Craig in person. Sorry, Craig, I forgot yeah. about that. I have met you, but I've not met Sorry. you, Richard. So we need to do that and get us all together. Yeah. Um, and have a little bit of a, a chat and do a podcast while we're there. Because why yeah. not? You can ask my message. I'm not that memorable. It's easy to forget. <laughs> I can't forget that day. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but cheers, guys. If you've got any questions or comments, please do drop them into the discussion below. As I say, there will be some giveaways running through the course of this week. Quite when and where. You're best off looking on Instagram. I'll try and tie it in with this YouTube video somehow as well. And um, yeah, good luck to everyone who's entering. I'll get ready with the, the mail sacks and we will see you all on the next one. Bye now. Bye. Cheers, everyone.